welcome to Momentum Church. Well, good morning, everybody. It is good to be back with you. Last week, Amy and I, we were out hiking the Appalachian Trail, and um, we did not see a bear. And I was frustrated because every morning I would pray, Lord, let us see a bear. And then she would add to the prayer, Lord, let us not see a bear. And so we came off the trail realizing Jesus loves your pastor's wife more than he loves your pastor. But that's okay. But but to be honest, when we were on the trail, it was a very kind of quiet, contemplative hike. Amy and I were talkers. I know that's hard to believe. I know. But we are. We're talkers. And we will literally, for nine days hiking, we'll talk from morning, to, unless we're climbing. And when we're climbing, she's an angry, 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 angry climber. She'll, she is. Aren't you, baby? You're like, you know. But, <laughs> but this whole hike, for some reason, we just were quiet. We were pensive. We, we, we just, we didn't talk a lot. We would go maybe two hours at times just walking. And I think a lot of it was, to be honest, I think we both are realizing we're in a place where we need refreshed. How many in this room, the last 18 months has handed you your shorts? Be honest. Some of, I mean, I'm just, I mean, just, whoo. I mean, it's been absolutely crazy. And I think we didn't realize that we were reeling from that until we got on the trail and it got real quiet. And all you got to think about is not dying. You know I mean? Just you know, like walking, like, like breathe, Ross. Don't die on this trail, you know. And, and that's all you're thinking about is just walking, looking at stuff. And our minds begin to think of how, Lord, we really need refresh from you, you know. And in the past year, it's been tough. We have faced political and social tensions and strife like most of us haven't ever seen in our own lifetimes. Um, there's been the persistent threat of impending sickness. And now when we think it's all fixed, there's this new variant, right? So you're just like, oh, I thought we were over this. And now there's something else. So that impending threat, it kind of does something to your, your psyche. It does something to you um, emotionally, you know. New norms have been thrust upon us that have kind of eaten away at our peace of mind. Am I alone in all this, everyone? Is this just me? All right, good, good. I thought, I didn't think so. <laughs> and here's the problem with that. In this environment, old sins, say old sins, and past hurts, say past hurts. Yeah, they've risen to the surface. And if we're not careful, they'll try to keep us from God's best for our life. Old things that you thought you had fixed, old ways and tendencies that you thought you had covered, if we're not careful, those old lies will start to creep back up. And, and, and that's just kind of what happens when you go through persistent tension for a while, you know. And, man, I don't know about y'all, but, but I just have come to this summer just wanting to be renewed and revived. Renewed and revived. And, and I told our staff a little bit ago, a while back, a couple months ago, I said, man, I want to do, do a series called Summer Revival. Summer Revival. And here's the reason why. It's because some series I bring to you because you need it. I'm going to preach on marriage because y'all need your marriages fixed. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to preach on faith because y'all need some faith to rise up. But can I be honest with you? Some series I preach because I need it. So you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to have a summer revival with or without you, somebody, come on, something, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest, like, I, come on, Holy Spirit, I could sense him all through the worship service, amen, 
And so, yes, yeah, some revivals or some series I do, I bring because you need it. But, but this, I need this. I need this. You know, there, there's wonderful, I love series where we preach Preach truths, and, and, and we always preach truths. I mean, that, that, that's something that as a church, I don't want to be a church that gives you biblical ought-tos without practical how-tos. You guys know that, right? We, we try to bring to you as much as we can principles to live your life by. But I'm going to tell you right now, principles without the power of the Holy Spirit will only go so far. Because if you're like me, I'll look at the principle and I'll be like, I want to do this, but I don't feel like I can. I'm not empowered to do it. Solutions without the Holy Spirit can only go so, so far. And sometimes those solutions and those principles, they're just the next number one, number two, number three things to get my life figured out. They're just the next thing on the list that you're not going to do. And I don't know about y'all, I just, I need revival. I need a renewal. And that's what I'm praying, that this season, this month of July, that we will invite God to just, he, he's always here, but we'll prepare our hearts in such a way that we're ready to receive him. That, that Lord, that's all we can think about this month is just getting into your presence, just being connected to you in a season of renewal and revival. Let me give you some definitions. To renew, to renew, to resume after an interruption. How many feel like life's been interrupted in some ways? Yeah, God wants to bring a renewal. To make like new, to restore to freshness. Even when I say that, and when I say the word renew, there's some of you, your, your spirit just leaped. Like deep inside, it was like, oh, yeah, that's what I need. That's what I need, Jesus. I just need a renewal. I just, I need freshness again. The word revive in Hebrew is chayah. And, and I love it because I know you're going to, it maybe sounds silly, but chayah means to bring to life. But in my mind when I was thinking about it, I thought like, like karate, like chayah. <laughs> you about lost your water. Chris was like, Pfft. he went there. Everybody say chayah. Yeah, don't, don't, don't laugh. I'm just, but like there's things in my life I just want during this season him just go chayah. There's things in my life that are dead. Hiya! <laughs> and now brought newness of life, you know? There's, there's old passions that have died. Hiya! The old things that stand in the way. Hiya! <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> but what that word means is means to bring back to life, to restore to consciousness, you know? Pastor Corey said that the whole God's always around, but are we conscious? Are we mindful that, that we're connecting with who he is? Are we? Another word for revive is to bring back into existence. There may be things in your life where you may say, there was a time in my life when I used to, and you fill the blank in. I used to prophesy. There was a time in my life where I could pray for hours. There was a time in my life where I could feel his presence. There was a time in my life where I used to declare this or I could, and for some reason that time isn't here right now. It's coming back. I said it in Jesus' name, it's coming back. Amen. We're putting our hearts in a place where God, just do what you want to do. Touch us the way you want to touch us. Bring, bring your spirit into fresh and anew. Revive us, oh Lord. Renew us, Jesus. It's coming back. That restoration, that rejuvenation. That's what my heart's desire is for us in this house over the next few weeks. Amen. So let's just pray as we kind of set our hearts up for what God wants to do. If you would, just... 
as a sign or symbol of, of surrender to the Lord, just, if you, I know you're seated, just kind of go like that, just like a vessel ready to receive Jesus. We do, we ask that you'd visit us, challenge us, you'd speak into our lives over the next few weeks, God. And that, Lord God, it wouldn't just be just a season, but a foundation would happen that, that would cause us to be stirred anew. We draw a line. Our faith has been interrupted. Our hope has been interrupted. Our joy has been interrupted. And we draw a line. And today, God, we thank you that you're bringing revival and renewal. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I felt like during worship, people wanted to give God a big shout of praise, and we kind of was reserved. Can we just, before we go on, just take about 10 seconds to lift up the ovation of the morning, just with your own voice. Let's just take about 10 seconds and thank God for who he is. Amen. I want to get in the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 27, we're going to look at a story, and I'll come back at the end of the teaching and help kind of make a little bit more sense of it, because this is a promise from a father to a son that is recorded in Scripture. And if you know this story about Jacob and Esau and their dad Isaac, if you know the story, you know Jacob kind of stole the birthright, all right? But the promise was still declared over Jacob. It's a promise received, not a promise deserved. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to hit that one last time before I finish today. It was a promise received, not a promise deserved. Now, in Genesis 27, verse 27 through 29, basically Jacob comes to his father. He draws near to his father, and he kisses him. And Isaac, the dad, smells the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. I'll come back into this story at the end of the teaching, but to help you understand kind of what was going on there. But Jacob had personified. He had come into that room and, and dressed up, if you will, like his older brother to trick and deceive the father, to give the father, to get the father's blessing for the firstborn. Jacob was the secondborn. And so I'll hit this at the end, and it'll all make sense then. But I still feel this promise is a promise from a father as he kisses his son, as he speaks this over his boy. And, and it's a promise that we're grafted into because we are children of God as well. Amen? And so here's what it says. It says in verse 28, here comes the promise. May God give you of the dew of heaven. That just sounds good. And of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Can you see this father kissing his son and then speaking this blessing over him? Giving him of the dew of heaven, that promise. We understand throughout scripture that dew is a representative of the Holy Spirit. And the idea here for us would be that God wants to touch you with the move of the Holy Spirit. He wants to bless you with his presence. Amen. Goes on of the fatness of the earth. That is speaking of prosperity. Now, I've told you before, sometimes people get crazy with prosperity, all right? But I'd rather have than not have, amen? Come on. I've been there both, right? And so God wants us to have what he desires us to have. And it's speaking here that there's a promise over your life of the fatness. That's the extra. Shout extra. I just believe this next month God wants to bring extra to us, amen? Of the fatness or the prosperity of the earth. 
And then the plenty of grain and wine. Your grain and wine is just your daily needs. Those things that at times take your focus. Those things that at times you worry so much about. Those things of your day. Give us this day our daily bread. That those daily things, that grain, that the daily bread, the daily things. And God's like, I got that under control. It's all right. I have that too for you. And then it says, let people serve you and the nations bow down and be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Well, the Lord laid in my heart in reference to us as Christ followers, this is speaking of a promise in our life that we have authority over the things in our life that would want to take authority over us. Now, that's not an ugly type of authority. That's an authority that comes from the humility we have that we are in Jesus. But if we are in Jesus, then his righteous scepter, his right hand that is over everything, that causes everything to have to bow, there's not one thing in your life that should have control over you. Amen? And in the last year and a half, because of everything going on, we've allowed a lot of things to start to have control over us yet, yet again. It goes on, cursed be everyone who curses you. Ooh, what's that mean? God's bringing deliverance to you. That thing that wants to cause your destruction, God, in the midst of this move of his spirit, will look at that and curse it, and it will die. Come on, somebody. We'll speak death to that, if you will. Life to those things. It says here, and bless be everyone who blesses you. Life to those things that are bringing blessing. Death to those things that are trying to bring a hindrance. Deliverance is what I'm saying. Amen? God wants to bring that deliverance. But I want you to get a picture. All these blessings, they took place from a place of intimacy. They took place from a place where a son shared a kiss with his father. I don't know about y'all, the way my dad is as a kid growing up and even to now. My dad will always kiss me on one side of my face and smack the other. That's what he does. And, you know, ah, pop, thanks for loving me. That's why I call him pop because he pops me, you know. But he does. He's always done that. You know, he just kisses one side and smacks the other, you know. And, um, and his mother did it too. She grabbed my face and she's, I don't know what it is. It's just the people, they do that. So I say all that to say that, that this starts with a kiss. And I know this might sound weird because I always tell you guys that as a church, we really focus hard on reaching men. And I told you on Father's Day, look around this room. There'll be as many men in this room, if not more men than women. And we have always focused hard. And, and, and so sometimes there are illustrations in Scripture that are different, right? We are the bride of Christ. Kind of weird, dudes, I know. But we are considered the bride of Christ. And this is going to be one of those teachings today where I'm going to use kind of an illustrative means to get some truth across that may seem a little weird for a dude, all right? But I want to liken revival to a kiss. Pucker up. <laughs> See, the world is in desperate need of a touch from God. I mean, there's, there's so much going on in the world, crime and issues and all this stuff. And it's easy to say, man, the world's a cold, dark place. But listen, there's nothing like a kiss that can bring that warmth. Amen? But here's the thing. We can look at the world outside the four walls of this church. That's not where revival is. Revival's not looking out the four walls of this church saying, yes, our world. And I'm glad that we're singing about our city being blessed and such. But to be honest, revival is begins in the house of the Lord. Repentance is here. This is where revival starts. And so I want you to understand, everybody say it's personal. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revival is personal. It's a very personal thing. And yes, the world needs a touch from God, but I need a touch from God. And so I want to liken, you know, revival and the touch of God kind of like a kiss, if that's okay. Because nothing can bring that light and warmth like a kiss. Do you guys remember your first kiss? Do you remember it? I, actually, my first kiss happened at a summer revival. It did. How many church boys in town are in here? Any? All right. So you remember, you know, kissing behind the church? Remember that? So it happens. And so it was a summer tent revival my dad was hosting. And a girlfriend, not a friend, more of a friend girl than a girlfriend. We weren't dating. She had already had her first kiss. And she's telling me about it. And, and I'm like very intrigued. And she's like, do you want to try it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's the way you're supposed to have your first kiss. Not real emotional, but sure. Let's try this. Oh, my gosh. I found that I really liked it. And... And in that moment, like my heart, you remember your first kiss, your heart starts to beat. And we weren't even like a thing yet. But it's just like our hearts, you know, it's like, whoa, this is, this is God. I might do this some more, you know. And so when it comes to that, 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 that sense, man, it's like that, that kiss from God. That's kind of how I'm likening revival. It's something that comes out of like this, this place of, of relationship, this place of connection and and I'm talking about the world needing a touch from God. But can I tell you one of the, the most needy areas of humanity that needs a touch from God? It's the religious man. The religious man. That, 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 that's the one who, you know, I go to church, I give, I serve, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But it's kind of just become something you do rote. You know, like you don't even think about it anymore. It's just, it's just, it's the practice that you have. And it's kind of lost something in its relationship. Because our faith isn't supposed to be about religion. It's supposed to be about relationship. Amen? And, and, and that's why I need this personal revival. I'm just being honest. Because I just feel like, like, like I was starting to slip back into, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm preparing the sermon and I'm doing this. And I lead my staff meeting. And I blah, 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 You know? I don't smoke, cuss, drink, or chew, and I don't date girls that do too much of that stuff. Just a little bit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but if we're not careful, it just becomes about religion, not relationship. And, and here's the thing. The religious man, who is that? Like, like I want to point to myself. I'm not telling you guys. It's, it, it's, who, it's the one who knows so much but is experiencing so little. That, if that's you, then you own it for yourself. I'm going to own it for myself. That's the religious man. The one whose head is so full, but their heart has grown empty. If that bears witness with you, own it, you know. That, that's the best place to start when you're looking for personal revival is just owning it, just realizing what's going on in your own, in your own heart. See, God never intended for our relationship with him to be cold and dry. He intends for our relationship to be warm and passionate, like a kiss. This is what revival is all about. God is stirring us as his people back to an intimate relationship with him and his presence. Amen? God is wanting to grant us his people with the blessing of his presence. Now, when his face comes, his hand comes also. Amen? So we look to the presence of God. We look to his face. We don't look to his hands. I'm not here just to say we're going to chase miracles and signs and wonders. But when we chase his face, when we chase his favor, when we chase his presence, guess what? Signs and wonders follow those who believe. 
And so I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a month of miracles. This is going to be a month of healings. This is going to be a month of deliverance. This is going to be a month of spirit baptisms. This is going to be a month where God shows up in this place in a powerful, powerful way. And not because your pastor gets loud once in a while. But because the people, us, we draw near to him. Amen. I will get loud some. But that's not important. So we draw near. So we draw near. <laughs> and God is wanting to move in this house this month. And not just this month, but you know what I'm saying. I just feel like this month is a consecrated time. I've been praying about this. And, 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 and you know, Amy and I, when we first got married, it was just she and I, obviously. And, and, um, and we decided to get a dog. And so we bought this dog named Sadie Sue. She was our first dog, a little beagle. And uh, don't name your dog a, a girl's name. If you're a hunter, because it was weird. I'm just being honest. I'd be in the woods with my gun. Sadie Sue! Sadie Sue, get back here! And you, you see farmers from their porch, like, man, this guy chasing his girl. No. But she was a good dog, huh? And so Amy and I, you know, before we had the dog, we just sit there on the couch, watch TV, we're cuddling, we're kissing. And I can remember one time, man, I get ready to go kiss. As soon as I start to love on Amy, I get ready to kiss, that dog would jump up. That dog was determined, say determined, to get caught in the middle of the smack. She was. She's like, don't, don't, I want in here. I want in here. Yeah, that's, that's what beagles look like. They, they go like that. That's what I want us to be like, though. You know what I mean? Like, like God, you're, we're, we're, we want to see you touch this house, and we just want to get caught right in the middle of it. Do your best, dog. Just want to get caught right in the middle of it. Yeah. So let me propose that over the next few weeks, God is, He's going to kiss this house with His presence. And I want to get caught, and I want you to get caught right in the middle of it. And so I want to give you just an analogy using this kiss idea, okay? I know, like I said, it's going to be kind of weird, but I just want you to see what God wants to do in the midst of revival. And I think these thoughts just come to my mind when I think about kissing, all right? So it is, it's weird. The first thing, point number one. Kissing is kind of weird. I mean, just be honest. It's weird. It's weird, right? You're going to take your eating hole and put it over Tom's eating hole. It's weird. And so, oh, oh, yeah, glory to God. No. And, and somehow in the middle of that, like, like, like sparks, you know, even after all these years, sparks. Look at those cheeks are red. I'm talking about Tom's. I mean, like, look, so sweet. <laughs> but it's kind of weird. You know, can I just be honest when it comes to kissing? It's weird. You're like, like, if you don't want to overanalyze it too much, it's just kind of weird. But the way God interacts with his people, especially during his moves of his spirit, during revivals, it gets kind of weird sometimes. It can be kind of unusual. So it's different, right? And, and I think there's spiritual reference. Let's look at, or precedence. Let's look at John 9, 6 through 9. Jesus spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. And then he anointed the man's eyes with mud. That's weird. You know? Like, I'm blind. 
I'm not not hygienic. You know what I mean? Like, this is weird. You know, that's not the issue I have. I just can't see. And you're going to put mud and spit in my eye. It's just weird. And then he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and he washed and he came back seeing. Can I just tell you right now, God during this revival may do something that looks weird, all right? But it's all right. It works. It's weird, but it works. So God speaks to your heart like he told this man, go to the pool of Siloam and wash this off. And he comes back seeing. God speaks to your heart. It is time for you to hit this altar in repentance. Pastor might just be preaching in the middle of it. You're like, I just got to go to the altar. I don't know why I need to go to the altar. And you get to that altar. But it might be weird. That's just weird. I don't care. God speaks to your heart that, that you need to get in a lowly place. And we're worshiping. And he tells you, get on your face before me. Get on your face before him. But that's weird. Kissing's weird. Mud in your eye is weird. God may touch you and you may go, I've got to be prayed for. I feel like I need somebody to come in agreement with me in faith, believing that God is going to do a miracle in my marriage or in my health and my finances, whatever it is, and you're sensing that draw and we're worshiping and we're praying for people at the altar. Get yourself up here and let God touch you. But does it take all that? Well, it took mud and spit and it was Jesus. That's weird. Did he need mud and spit? He's Jesus. He could just speak, and the healing would have manifest. Sometimes God does things physical for us to put our faith in that thing because it's hard for us to think of spiritual things. So he says, do this, do that. Maybe God touches you at the altar, and we might see this, and we've seen this before. We don't chase the signs, amen? But somebody gets prayed for, and the next thing you know, for the next 40 minutes, they're laying on their back before the presence of the Lord, and they don't understand why. We, you don't understand. It's like, well, that's different. But they get back up, and they stop cussing out their children. Woo! They get back up walking different, talking different, looking different, acting different. Come on. That, all right, God, do it. Whatever you want to do, it may look weird at times, but it's all right. And here's what's so cool. It's not just that it's weird. It's a witness. Watch this. So some said, no, the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Is this not the man that used to cuss his children out? Now listen, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't cuss my children out, you know, well, I mean, when they got older. No. But is, it not, is this not the man? They used to do this. Is this not the woman that used to? Isn't that that couple that was estranged? It's been two summers since we've seen them at the pool together. And now they're there with their kids. And they're at the pool together. And they look happy again. What happened? What happened to you guys? Oh, man, we were at a church service at Momentum Church in the summer of 2021. And God began to stir our hearts. And we came to a place of repentance. And we stopped fighting. And we got to the altar. And God touched us. And God healed our marriage. And we're not the same couple we were two years ago. Wouldn't that be awesome? Will you believe in faith for that? Will you come with expectancy for that? It may not be the miracle you need, but fill this house with expectancy the next few weeks because it's a miracle somebody else might need. Somebody said, yeah, it's he. Others said, no, 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 but he is like him. And I love this. He kept saying, no, I'm the man. It's me. It was my life that was changed. 
They said to him, then how were your eyes open? And he said, the man called Jesus, shout Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, that man, he made mud. It wasn't the focus on the mud and the anointing of his eyes. It was the focus on the man called Jesus. And he said, go to Siloam and wash. And I went and I washed and I received my sight. I will tell you this all the time. When we begin to move in the things of the Holy Spirit, it always needs to point back to Jesus. Not to the signs and the wonders which will happen. Not to the flesh. I mean, our flesh is going to get involved. I, I, I mean, it's hard not to, to, be, to, 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 to cry or to laugh or to be touched by the power and presence of God. Something happens. I get it. But the point is it goes back to Jesus. And so we can see two things from this. When God touches you, it might look unusual like a kiss. But, friend, it works. And then the second thing we can see is when God touches you, you will be different. And that becomes a witness of who he is and his power. The second thing we can see with kissing, kissing is tender. It's tender. And I believe that in revival, God begins to reveal to us his tenderness. He begins to show us his ability of how much he just cares for us. If you're here in this room today and you're like, man, I was raised where God is just like, you know, just always gruff and just wants to attack and just on the, the offensive all the time, you know. Man, I just see in Scripture, it's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. His presence, that kiss, that, that touch from Him, it does a work in your heart. And you want to follow after Him. He's compassionate and He's tender. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now watch this. Let us then with confidence... Draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't know about you guys when you were little guys, but, you know, you're thinking, does she like me? I mean, a little, little card, you know, mark yes or no. Do you like me? You know, yes or no. And, um, and you can come to that, 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 that kind of relationship without confidence. They're not going to want to like me. They're never going to kiss me. They're never this. They're never that. And you can come to it in a sense, basically what you're looking at is everything I have to offer, I'm discounting because I'm not worthy. And when you look at the scriptures, no, 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 you can come boldly with confidence to the throne of grace. And you can receive mercy, his tenderness, his care, because he's a sympathetic, compassionate high priest that knows how you have struggled with sins. He didn't. And because he didn't, he can empower you to not as well. But he understands. Amen? And so, you know, there's times where I get, I get pouty. Anybody get pouty in here? Okay. So, and Amy, what do I do when I pout? Yeah, I bite my lip. I start to bite my lip. And um, it's funny, I was in counseling not too long ago, and the counselor said, "Is there, if I asked your family, what do you do when you get frustrated or angry or internalizing things, what would they say? Oh, they, I'd bite my lip. <coughs> Everybody in the family knows. But they see dad start to, it's like involuntary. I don't even realize I'm doing it. I'm just, I start to bite my lip. And I can get real pouty, you know. And, and usually, just the way I'm wired, my pouting is, you know, I don't deserve this. I'm no good. I'm, I'm anybody wired like that? You know, it's like, I, 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 you know, I never am enough. You know, that's just, that's just the battles I have, you know. And um, everybody has different battles. You know, your battle might be, I am everything. I'm so good. I'm so awesome. That's a battle. <laughs> get that fixed at the altar. Amen. But that's not my battle. My battle is the opposite side. But so I can get real pouty. And, and throughout our marriage, there's been times where I've been pouty like that. And she'll come up 
and she'll just kiss me on my cheek. <laughs> Usually things like, oh, no, all the freaking, you know, that kind of stuff's come out of my mouth. But she'll come up and then she'll kiss me a little bit higher, a little on my forehead. And it's like, she starts to lavish me with these little, just these little kisses. And it makes me mad. I hope the Holy Spirit, as he begins to touch you during this revival, gets you mad a little bit. You know what I mean? But it does. It makes me a little, ugh, you know. And eventually, though, it'll get me chuckling. I'll be like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> no, but it'll get me, like, chuckling. And you know what's crazy? All of a sudden, something happens. And I'll tell you what it is. It's endorphins. It's endor Like, praise God for endorphins, you know. And all of a sudden, it's just, and, and it's, just, it's just, she lifts my spirits. Why? Because of her tenderness. Amen? And, and I'm not just saying it's not just the Holy Spirit, but it is. The Holy Spirit will come and he'll touch you in those revival moments. And yes, you are hardwired. You'll say, oh, I feel the anointing. I feel the touch of God. I feel the moving. You, the endorphins that God has given you to make you feel good, finally, you're getting those things firing from a healthy place. Amen? I'm going to get into that a little bit. We're doing a series on adventure in August. I'm going to t touch on that a little bit more about endorphins in healthy places to find that. that but I'll deal with that in August. But, but man, that's, that's, it's from that tenderness. Isn't that neat? Amen. I think it's neat. <laughs> so with that, the third thing, kissing, it, it's exhilarating, you know. And, and, you know, when you're a young person kissing for the first time, I had somebody come up and just tease me about this, like, like, you're, like, like remind, being reminded of being like a teenager. But that, as a young person, when you're kissing the first time, it's just like, wow, this is amazing. It's so exhilarating. It's just something new. And, and, and you know, I think about the day of Pentecost. There was a promise, if you all will go wait, and most of you waited for your first kiss. That's how it works, right? You're kind of waiting for the right time. So there's this promise. If you'll go wait, the promise of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you will be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the Holy Spirit, and you'll be filled with this power, and you'll be witnesses. And so on Acts chapter 2, you see this day of Pentecost, and the power and presence of God touches them. It's exhilarating. I mean, God just did such a work in that moment. Isn't that neat? And that can happen. And, and the promise had finally come. I remember for Amy, I started liking her when she was about 10. I thought she was cute. She was about 14 when she came to our school. I was older than that. And so I was 27. No, I'm kidding. No, I was, how, how, I'm just kidding. How, I, was, I was almost 17. So I'm like, like two and a half years older. And um, she wasn't allowed to date until she was 16, you know. So we were just friends. And, and I continued to date other people and stuff. But, but, man, she just, I always thought she was so Neat, you know, and and basically we start to date. She's about two months after her 16th birthday. We start to date. That's 30 years ago. It's hard to believe. So we start to date. Yeah, we just celebrated our 27th anniversary. I think I said that already. But but um, 30 years ago. So we start to date. Well, I had a bit of a reputation, and the reputation was I would kiss anything that moved. <laughs> just being honest. And um. And, and believe it or not, I actually had some people that would actually kiss me back. I know it's, it's hard to believe. Shut up. I know it's, no. So she knew that about me. And I don't know. I wanted her to know she was special. And so I was like, I'm not going to kiss you yet. And a month went by and a couple months went by. And, and then I started playing it up a little bit. Like I'd come in for a kiss at night before I left. And she'd be like, I'm getting my first kiss. 
and I'd pull her head down, I'd kiss her forehead, and I'd say, I'm waiting, you're worth waiting for. Not yet, not yet. And so I planned a few months into this that it was going to be this really super sweet, you know, on a, out, like a mountain, we love the outdoors, on a mountain or something, you know, I was going to, you know, no, we were playing duck hunt. She was sitting there ping, 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 pinging off ducks, and I'm sitting like straddled behind her on the carpet. We're watching the TV right in the middle of her living room, and, um, and she laughs and looks back, and that was all it took. I, I, I went in for the kiss, and it was exhilarating, wasn't it? Wasn't it? It was? <laughs> but that promise that we'd been waiting for finally happened. Now, here's the thing. Guess what? Good, keeping, good kissing keeps you coming back for more. Yeah, it does. And those early disciples went through a bunch. But in Acts 4, you can see they begin to seek God again in a place of prayer and unity. And in the place that they were gathered together, it was shaken by the Holy Spirit. And they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Can you see that? It's, it's, it's exhilarating. And it's not meant, well, you know what? Like I said, I've prophesied when I, 10 years ago. I used, to, I, used to, I used to pray in the Holy Spirit. I used to fast. I used to this. I used to teach. I used to, you know. No. For now, get touched by the revival presence of God, that touch of his spirit, and be re-exhilarated, if you will. The next one here is kissing is a part of a developing relationship. In other words, if the relationship isn't going anywhere, you ain't getting no kisses, right? But as your relationship grows, things become more intimate. You begin to kiss. If you're here and you're dating, at least eight to ten dates before your kiss. Amen? I'm just teasing. I have no, that's not in the scripture. But it's just a mark of a growing relationship. And so my prayer is that God, through this season of a revival, will produce greater intimacy and that you'll be drawn closer to God more than ever. And then finally, kissing. As you're drawn closer to God, something starts to happen to your heart. Kissing brings about a separation when you're in a relationship. In other words, after Amy and I began to date, I was done kissing all the other girls. Amen? After she and I began to date, separation started to happen. We hadn't even started going steady yet. Now they call it going out. We're going out. Well, we went out all the time. How many back in the day we went steady? Is that what you guys called it? So when we, we were going steady. It wasn't even, that hadn't even happened yet. But, man, when, when I started kissing that girl, I started separating from everything else and every other interest. The revival, the touch of God in your life will start to cause you to separate from other interests and other things. My dad literally said, Ross Allen, you are going to kill your dog. That girl, and you're going to kill your dog over that girl. And what he meant was, I'd stop walking my dog. I'd stop feeding my dog. I'd stop. I'm literally, poor grizzly. I had this dog since I was 10. And this dog, ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't need you, grizzly, you know. But he, my dad literally said, I'm not feeding that dog. If that dog starves to death, it'll starve to death. I'm not feeding that dog. You've got to remember to feed. I couldn't think of nothing else but Amy. I was separating from everything else but her. My friends I'd always hang out with, I just want to be with Amy, you know. And that hasn't changed a whole lot all these years, amen. It really hasn't. And so, you know, all I'm getting at is that, 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 that separation starts to happen. So my prayer is that this season of revival would bring about a separation from you from all other things in this world.
Like, like it would start to pull you away from the affections of this world and put your affections on the Lord. Amen? And that it, you would be able to draw, it would draw your focus away from the things of the world and back to your faith. That separation would start to happen. Think about that. If your heart starts to be divided and you lose your first love and you begin to put affections elsewhere, we would call that in a marriage relationship an affair. Right? Or the beginnings of an affair. Well, it's no different than our relationship with the Lord. He wants our heart fully. And so during revival, this idea of separation comes where we start to separate ourselves unto him. And so I pray that this will be a season that you'll begin to separate from the things in your life that get you off of purpose, get you out of his presence, get you away from your, your faith and focus. James 4, 7 and 8 tells it this way. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. That's where it starts. We turn toward the Lord. And then those other things that used to have our affections, they start to handle themselves. So we turn toward the Lord, submit ourselves to the Lord, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That's what revival is. Revival has to go beyond just a sense of feeling good. And we will. God's presence comes, it feels good. But revival is not just about feeling good. It's about this intimate relationship with God that when he touches you, next thing you know, you're not just feeling good, but you're walking good. You're talking good. You're, 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 you're living good. Amen. You're giving good. I know that's not good English. It should be well. But that's not good preaching. Good sounds better. Amen. And so revival leads to separation. It leads to holiness. And so I'm going to close with this. Go back to that story of Jacob and Esau. And just to let you know, they were twins. Esau came first, so he has the birthright. But Jacob decided to go and take animal skins and place the skins upon him. Take the smell of the dirt, because his brother was a hunter and a man of the earth. And he went into his father, who was blind, and portrayed himself like the elder brother. And he did this in such a way so that the older, the father, would give that blessing to him. I'm not saying it's right. All right? Favor, favor's not fair. I'm just saying that's how it happened, okay? And so the, the steps in this, and I want you to hear this as we go into this revival. Number one, Jacob came to the place of his father's dwelling. He came to the tent where Isaac dwelt and began to pursue the father, okay? I want to challenge you over the next month to be here. Now, if you're on vacation, please do that. That's it. Families need vacation. I get that. But if you're in town over the next month, these services in July, come expecting a touch, a kiss from the Father. Amen? Be in the place of the Father's dwelling. I know God is everywhere. I get that. But we're saying, God, meet us here in a significant way. Number two, Jacob did everything he could to look like his elder brother. Scripture will teach in a sense that Jesus is our elder brother. And so we come looking like Jesus. In other words, you can't do it. But we come in that relationship with Jesus. We come to the Father through Jesus. Jacob had to look like Esau, his older brother, in order to receive Isaac's kiss and the pronouncement of blessing. And when that blessing come, number three, it was more about the goodness of the Father than the goodness of the Son. Jacob was a supplanter, but Isaac was good. Amen? In other words, a promise received not a promise deserved. And if you're honest with yourself, every one of us, we don't deserve anything. But that's why Jesus says we can come with confidence to the throne of grace and obtain mercy. 
It's what we don't deserve. But because of our elder brother, we come up looking like him, talking like him, walking like him, and God gives us the blessing. Amen? And you know what's beautiful about that? Isaac didn't pull that blessing off of him. When he realized it was Jacob, he didn't pull that blessing off. Jacob lived up to the blessing that was placed upon him. It, Jacob became Israel. If you don't know that, his name was changed. When you think of the nation of Israel, when you think of the tribes of Israel, Jacob became the father Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. Jacob became the father of many nations, literally. Isn't that awesome? A supplanter, one that doesn't deserve it, just like us. But he lived up to that blessing that was placed upon him. In a sense, he was like, God, I will walk in your favor. I will do what it takes to live in the dew of heaven. I will do what it takes to walk with your, your, your fat, your prosperity in the earth. I'll do what it takes. I don't deserve it, but I'm going to live up to your daily provisions. I don't deserve it, but I'm going to walk in the authority you've given me. I don't deserve it other than what's come because of the elder brother, other than what's come because of Jesus. I don't deserve it, but through you, I receive it all. Amen? And I'll walk in every bit of it. Because yes, you may not deserve it, but it's yours. Amen? So over this course of this month, what we want to do is we want to press into God's presence and call this to a place of His blessing. And what I want to do next Sunday, I'm going to kind of go back into this vein of teaching a little bit. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen in our services. You just won't be here. I don't even know. But we're going to have a great time next Sunday. And then on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, not the last weekend of the month, because I know the last weekend of the month you're getting things ready for school, but on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, we are hosting a summer revival. So on Friday night, 7 o'clock, I'm preaching, and, on, and that night, kids are going to be with us. I want kids in here. You know, I want babies sitting underneath the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so Friday night, kids will be in here. Saturday night, I have a guest speaker, Gabe Trevino, a friend of mine. Man, fiery. He's going to be speaking that night at 7 p.m. Kids are with us again that night. Sunday morning and Sunday night, I have a man by the name of Ty Buckingham, an incredible young man, wrote a great book on the Holy Spirit. Just God's just using him so powerfully around the country. And he's going to be here Sunday morning and Sunday night. Sunday morning, we will have children's ministry just like normal, like today. Um, Sunday night, we will have child care from zero to five years old will be here. Okay, so if you can, starting tomorrow, you can register your kids for that night for child care. And so um, if you do that, please let us know who, how many children we're going to have that night. But what I want us to do is just to, to begin to consecrate our hearts. You know, that's, that's next Sunday, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Five more services. Lord, just have your way with us. Whatever you want to do, Jesus, just, just visit us. We, just, we give him space. We cannot cause a revival to happen, but we can prepare our hearts for a move of God. And so if you would, let's close our eyes and just put your hands up again to the Lord. Jesus, we prepare our hearts for you. Whatever you desire, Lord, we're ready for it. Lord, there may be people here today that heard me say it's not about religion, it's relationship. And when they heard that, they're like, that's what I want. I want a relationship with Jesus. I don't need man's rules and regulations and religion. I need a relationship with Jesus. If you're here right now, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I have a book I want to give you. And if you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus today, if you would, hold your hand up. I just want to see, is there anyone here that's like, man, Ross, I want to come and begin to follow Jesus with my life today. If there's anyone, I'm just looking, I'm looking. All right. Let's just pray together. Jesus, over the next five services. We consecrate our hearts to you. And yes, collectively as a church, we come together. But Lord, individually, I'll be in pursuit of you. 
I'll draw near to you as you draw near to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.